All right, welcome back, friends, to today's video. I warn you in advance, today's video is going to be a little bit out there, a little bit weird, shall we say. This was a BBC uh, series called Years and Years back in 2019. I don't know how many of you had the chance to watch it, but again, predicting what we are seeing going forward. Let's have a quick look. Will you call me? Sorry? Will you call me? You mean telephone? Yes. Where? Now. Now, if you're wondering what's going on here, uh, you can probably guess what's about to happen. Let's have a quick look. You just find me now. Hello, Bethany speaking. Hello. You phoning for Bethany? Yes. What are you doing? This is Bethany. Can you hear me? Well, you're right in front of me. But can you hear me down the phone? This is me. On the phone, I had it implanted. My hand is the phone. Yeah, okay, so that's not weird at all. Subdermal implants. That's the speaker. So small. If you want to see even more weird... Ever since I was born that... I don't belong in this body. I think I'm trans. Okay, so here we go. The whole acceptance of um, all of this sort of stuff here. And obviously they, the parents say, Oh, that's okay. No problem. We love you anyway. All that sort of stuff. No, no, no. That's not what she's talking about when she says trans and the parents are just as confused. No, what they mean, what she means is this. Oh, it's all right, Bernie. I swear. It really is. Oh, look at us. We're fine. We're completely fine, aren't we? Mm -hmm. If it turns out that we've got a, a lovely son instead of a lovely daughter, then we'll be happy. Mm? No, I'm not transsexual. I'm transhuman. I said I'm not comfortable with my body. So, I want to get rid of it. What do you mean? One day, soon, they'll have clinics in Switzerland where you can go and you'll sign a form and they'll take your brain and download it into the cloud. And your body? Recycled. Into the earth. Okay, and this is exactly what I'm talking about. If that doesn't worry you or disturb you in some way, then um, you're a lot more accepting of these new agendas uh, than I am. Because I've got to be honest, that terrifies me that this is being accepted and we're seeing all, you know, like the Black Mirror shows and, and all this other stuff, which is always part, what do they say about sci-fi? Sci-fi is just X amount of years behind. Let's go on to the next video then. And let me just play it for you. I wanted to ask when you all think we're going to move from this form factor to something that's on your face glasses and compute when computing's all on the edge. Okay, so what they're referring to here is something called the fourth industrial revolution. I covered that on the Great Reset video. It was towards, I don't know, two-thirds in if you wanted to get a, a quick summary of that. But it is the digitalization or creating cyborgs, as it were. They don't like that word, but that's what it is. Uh, this human augmentation um, in the future. That is what they are looking towards because they say that it will benefit humanity and create more jobs. So that's the sort of thing they're running with. It's going to create more jobs. That's why we like it. But let's hear the answer. First of all, it will definitely happen. I, I, I was talking about 6G earlier, which is around 20, 2030. By then, definitely the smartphone as we know it today will not anymore be the usual kind of the most common interface. Many of these things will be built directly into our, our, our bodies. So, okay, I accept some of you think that this is all a good thing and moving towards a very positive future world, but I just don't see that. I, I'll just be honest with you. I don't see that at all. And I, 
I think it's very disturbing what I'm seeing with all of these agendas and just the speed that it is moving forward at the moment. This afternoon, the Secretary General and Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, will, sign a, will witness the signing of a memorandum of understanding on a strategic partnership between the UN. Okay, so, so firstly, they're talking about this strategic partnership between the UN and the World Economic Forum. Now, why is this relevant right now? Well, because people keep telling me, Neil, the WEF is, you know, it's just a group of people. They have no authority and no power. But yet, how is it they're, they're doing this uh, relationship with the UN then? And the World Economic Forum, which outlines areas of cooperation to deepen engagement between the two institutions and to jointly accelerate the implementation of the 2030 agenda. Okay, so you just heard it directly out of his mouth. This isn't me saying it, that's him, a representative for the United Nations there, talking about this cooperation, this partnership between the WEF and the UN for Agenda 2030, not a conspiracy theory. So let's go to the next thing then. And this is, you can see, this is the United Nations website, Department of Economic and Social Affairs for Sustainable Development. So here's the headline, Transforming Our World, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. And again, some of you may read this and think it's a very positive thing. However, there are some things that I believe are quite negative in here, especially the destruction of energy and some of the living standards that we uh, enjoy right now. And I've just highlighted some points in yellow. So here's on the introduction. We, the heads of state and government and high representatives. Okay, so again, when people say, oh no, the governments aren't involved in this. This is just this group of people with no authority. Let me read it again. We, the heads of state and governments and high representatives. Who are the high representatives? It is people within the WEF on behalf of the peoples we serve. And again, it talks about, if you read into all of this a little deeper, it talks about how they did all these big surveys and all the people accepted it. All the, you know, 98% of people agreed to it. No, they didn't. It's absolute nonsense. I, I was never surveyed. I'm pretty sure not one single person watching this video right now was surveyed. Um, point five, this is an agenda of unprecedented scope and significance. It is accepted by all countries and is applicable to all. Okay, focus on that key point. It is accepted by all countries. It isn't saying, oh, these few countries have accepted it, uh, but some of them haven't. Uh, you know, it's saying all countries and is applicable to all human beings on the planet. Okay, so they have made this decision for us. And this is a huge document, by the way. Uh, it will take you a while to read through it for those of you interested. Means of implementation. So how will they implement Agenda 2030? Point number 39, the scale and ambition of the new agenda requires a revitalized global partnership to ensure its implementation. Again, we now have these global partnerships that exist, whether that through the UN, and we know all these three-letter organizations, or whether it is through the WEF or GFANS, which is controlling all the money and the climate money. But again, if we look at a call for action to change our world, they are saying the world will be a better place in 2030 if we succeed in our objectives. But one point I wanna bring your attention to, which again, people 
it's bizarre you keep seeing the media attacking this point and saying, oh, all these conspiracy tin hat uh, people talking about human settlement uh, zones. No, 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 this is an actual thing. Look, it is in this document here, goal 11, make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable. Now you might wanna look into these human resettlement uh, or human settlement as they're called them, but they are human resettlement uh, zones because there is some stuff in here which is again a little weird. And as we get to the bottom of the document, point 91, we reaffirm our unwavering commitment to achieving this agenda and utilizing it to the full to transform our world for the better by 2030. Now, I want to take you on to Boris Johnson's uh, speech, which uh, occurred in September of 2019. So let me just play some of the things he said about this Agenda 2030. In future, there may be nowhere to hide. Smart cities will pollulate with sensors, all joined together by the Internet of Things. But this technology could also be used to keep every citizen under round-the-clock surveillance. Okay, well, firstly, that doesn't sound too positive to me. Um, and again, the counter-argument people say is, well, if you're not a, a criminal, then why does it matter if the government surveils you 24-7 and has bracelets on you? And this is the argument that they are using. Why does it matter if you don't have any privacy? Why does it matter if we are surveilling you all the time? A future Alexa will pretend to take orders, but this Alexa will be watching you in future, voice connecti connectivity will be in every room and almost every object. Your, your mattress will monitor your nightmares, your smart meter, but in some great cloud of data that lowers ever more oppressively over the human race. Digital authoritarianism is not, alas, the stuff of dystopian fantasy, but of an emerging reality. Screens in every room, monitors in every room. Well, George Orwell in 1948 wrote the book 1984, and that's what all of that was about. For all these people who keep leaving comments saying this is all very positive and you're fine with all this sort of stuff, um, I, I don't know what it is you are seeing that I am not seeing because nothing he said there to me seemed very positive. Now, I wanna bring up another point that people keep uh, saying, which is, uh, let's prove it right now. Let's go back to this screen here and let's have a look. Now you see this button that he is wearing here. Now let's go back to this document. Oh, actually they have taken it off here. But if you look here where I'm hovering my mouse, this little button here, can you see that image? I don't think I can get any closer on it. But that is what Boris is wearing. So this is the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. He is wearing that badge. So let's see how well this is going then, all of this tech development. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. Where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned, we don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. Okay, so far then from what we've covered, please drop me a comment below. What are your thoughts? Am I being too negative here in this coverage as I keep getting told all the time, my videos and my coverage is too negative on the WEF and some of these people. They're doing 
great work in the world. Am I being a little bit too skeptical here? I don't really think so, but if you think I am, please drop me a comment below and explain why you think I'm being overly skeptical. Next article then, how would you feel about your credit card having a carbon emission spending limit? You can see here, they're very clear on uh, this plan. And, and actually, let me show you this because I think this is quite crucial. So this is the global disparity in carbon footprint. So many people keep asking me, Neil, why is it that the United States, Canada, Germany, and the United Kingdom are so disproportionately affected right now with high inflation and some of these other things? Is it just as a result of the amount of currency printed? And the answer is no, it's not. These countries have the most CO2 emissions per capita CO2, this is here, emissions in the world's largest economies. Now, this is as of 2016, and, and it's in metric tons, so you can see it's almost 15 metric tons. We don't have the exact data today, so we do have to look at this and ask the, the question, why are some countries so much more disproportionately affected right now as a result of, let's say, inflation? Is it just because of um, printing too much currency, for example? And the answer is no. It is the energy inputs that create a lot of the inflation. What are we seeing right now with a lot of the inflation? Uh, diesel and petrol and trucking, fertilizers, which again comes from energy. We need energy to make fertilizers, um, uh, farm equipment and the like. So all of these things, the uh, sort of Agenda 2030, this plan, they don't like this stuff. They don't want fossil fuels. We did it on last Thursday, so a week today, last Thursday's video. And definitely watch that if you haven't seen it. It just outlines everything. And it shows from the horse's mouth what they are doing and why they are, are doing this to, to remove the CO2. And methane is next. I get it. I know I sound crazy a lot of time talking about this stuff. But it is all there in black and white. If you are willing to look into it. I'd love for you to drop your comments below. What do you think of the clips, the videos I've showed you today and the things that I have talked about. Thanks so much. I'll see you tomorrow for the walk and talk. Take care. God bless.